What's going on, podcasting world? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Core Consult RX podcast. My name is Mike Corvino. With me, as always, Cole Swanson. And today, we have Dr. Brandon Dyson from TLDR Pharmacy with us today. Brandon, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for, for doing this. On. We know uh, yeah. you're, you're a busy guy. Nah. No more than anyone else, right? <laughs> so, so you uh, are an oncology specialist, and you work um, in an outpatient setting right now. Currently, doing uh, home infusion. Um, not home infusion. It's a it's it's a infusion center. Gotcha. So, the oncology, okay. you come in, get your chemo, go home. Gotcha, gotcha. We'll, okay. We also have a specialty retail pharmacy. I'm just gonna sing all my praises. No, no, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. So, so did you start off, uh, you know, kind of in pharmacy school knowing you were going to go the oncology route or did that kind of unravel during residency? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I got there 100% accidentally. I went into pharmacy. I was actually in a, a, a manager for a Walgreens store um, when I went into pharmacy school. And so I fully expected hmm. to kind of be like the store manager pharmacist and, you know, because that's like the top thing you can do. And then I decided I didn't want to do that. And so I did, um, I ended up getting a residency and had a hemonc rotation in that residency and was still like, yeah, no, not the thing for me. <laughs> um, but end of, end of residency, June, you know, I'm about to finish up. I'm still looking for a job. And the director of pharmacy for that hospital said, we want you in the oncology pharmacy. I've got an FTE position for you. And, you know, we've got this perfect thing, your name all over it. And I'm like, I need money. <laughs> so <laughs> I gave it a shot, but I, I grew to really like it when I actually started doing it day to day. And then um, I eventually moved. Uh, I was in D.C. at the time. My wife is from Austin. And we eventually moved to Austin and Texas, which is where I'm at now, and got a job at a hospital here kind of as an oncology pharmacist slash inpatient, you know, kind of did it, did everything like a Swiss army knife kind of role basically. Um, and just kind of kept getting more and more specialized in oncology. And then I, you know, eventually had the, um, fall in my lap, basically the, the, the current position I have, which is a pharmacy manager of this kind of outpatient thing. So just worked out really well. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing this since June. So less than a year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, this happened last year. Um, but yeah, it's a great, great thing. I love it. So, so you were actually a licensed pharmacist and working as a pharmacy manager when you went back to residency. Did I hear that right? I wasn't a pharmacist. No, I just was, okay. I was, manager. I was, a, yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so as an assistant store manager, but yeah, okay. like, you know, same you thing. Know. You know, we'll call it good. Exactly. It was an executive assistant. <laughs> right. There you so, go. Like, That's awesome. Assistant to the store manager. Yeah. It's it a pretty big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, what got you started in TLDR? How long have y'all been doing that by the way? We started TLDR in March of 2016. Um, I say we, it was my friend Sam O and I. Sam graduated a year, year after me in uh, pharmacy school. So we're both pharmacists. And it just was a thing. We had been talking about building mobile apps for like a year before that. We've been talking about all sorts of stuff. It's just 
the thing that we wish existed when we were in pharmacy school. We both tutored kind of all through pharmacy school. We all like we tutored the year below us in pharmacology and then in therapeutics and we're just kind of always active with doing it and I don't know, we just both really like teaching and it just happened. <laughs> now, and what's what's hilarious too is, you know, when you're the name of your uh, you know, platform TLDR is too long. Don't read pharmacy. I know for me, when I saw that, I thought that was hysterical because you know you're telling people not to read the thing that you're spending all this time writing. So that was pretty awesome. I, I definitely uh, appreciated that humor in there. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, it's tongue in cheek. That's just us, though. We're dry. You know, if you just hear one of our quote unquote business meetings, which is just us like quoting idiocracy or something for two hours and like 10 minutes of actual, okay, I'm going to do this now. Uh-huh. And that's about how our meetings go. Say, well. yeah. Sounds like our non existent meetings. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you want to talk it's, about today? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, and then we just wing it. <laughs> traffic. Get get traffic. We're going to do traffic. Right. We're going to do the emails with traffic. Exactly. <laughs> For instance, I walked in uh, while you were setting up the video today. We're like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Whatever we're talking about. Yeah, Cole still actually doesn't know because I forgot to text him back last night and tell him. (laughs) So it's going to be a surprise for him. I'm going to let the suspense kill him. See what happens. Loving it. Loving it. (laughs) So for those of you listening who have not checked out TLDR Pharmacy, um, you definitely need to because they have some of the best articles. And I'm not just saying that because Brandon's sitting here, but um, some of the best articles that I've read and you know how competitive I am. And so it pains me to have to say (laughs) there's so much, so much better than anything we've ever written. (laughs) It's not even funny. So yeah, we checked out the one, the first one I saw probably where I actually read all the way through was the Warfarin um, guide where it went through all the dosing and it was just such an awesome review and it was written in a way that was humorous and it was great. So you, and I started going through some, I'm like, they have some great material on here yeah i think the first one i saw i was on rotation and it was the antibiotic guide and he i can't even hardly remember it now but it's probably saved on my computer is some you know sheet that just outlined what kind of covers what and some easy tips for it it was extremely helpful yeah thank you you get that that's a our patented that's that's our (laughs) antibiotic cheat sheet which anyone listening or whatever just subscribe to our email list and you get that for free Instantly, I think I did that. So, that's probably what I got. Yeah, that's. I'm quite certain that's where it came <laughs> from. <laughs> Unless you know of some hack that I right. don't know, or someone sent it to. You. It's on the dark web now. Yeah, yeah. yeah People are selling your stuff. <laughs> we sell it for yeah. five dollars here on a corn console. <laughs> wow. No, right. market market nice. it as our nice. own. No, they uh, blur out the name. Yeah, yeah, but just crudely blurred out so you can still <laughs> yeah. clearly see that it's you guys. <laughs> Very long do read. You didn't even try, man. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah we were busy. But yeah. Um, yeah, we'll definitely put some links in there and uh, put it up. But um, have you have you been using social media? I know you're on Facebook. Have you been using other social media platforms to kind of get the name out there? We, we have a Twitter. Um, I do LinkedIn um, and Facebook. Um, we keep talking about eventually it's honestly in terms of social media, I just, it's, there's only, but so much bandwidth, you know, that I have to constantly, I mean, even right now I have a a robot that posts automatically, like I feed in articles and it posts automatically to Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, nice. And I mean, I, I engage actively with everyone. Like if you send me something on Twitter or you send me something like I'm, I'm there, like I check it daily. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I haven't invested, um, 
too much. I'm I'm very very active with email. That's kind of like our big, if I could say the one thing that I focus on more than anything with the LDR is the email lists. Um, I want you to email me. I want you to join our mailing list. We give people discounts and free stuff anytime it comes up. So that's where I'm most active. But yeah, we we use social. Long story short, we got to get you guys on Instagram, man. Yeah, that's the the golden treasure trove. I, I don't know. I feel like for us anyway, that's where it's at. Yeah. We have uh, so many more interactions on Instagram than any other platform. So I mean, we nice. we post about the same on all of them. But I mean, there's some weeks where we'll have you know 150 thousand interactions or impressions or whatever you want to call it um, with Instagram versus wow. very very significantly less on Facebook and Twitter and all that. And I guess you tailor your posts a little bit for Instagram too, just because of the aesthetics and yeah. they're short um, or shorter, I guess, than an article, you know, easier through email and stuff like that. But we'll keep, we'll keep putting our stuff. We'll use our platform to keep linking people to your stuff that will shuttle them your <laughs> way. I appreciate it. Now, well, I'm sure we're going to end up doing it. The other is like, even from like a 10,000 foot zoned out reason, like I'm not, I haven't been as big on social media is just that, I mean, you see it with your Facebook stuff, I'm sure. Right. But like I can post something, we have a couple thousand followers and like 400 people see it and Facebook's like, give us money and more of your audience can <laughs> yeah. see this. Yeah. And that just sounds like a never ending spiral that I'm not all that. I'd rather the limited money we have, I'd like, we do contests for people. We gave away money for mid year. I'd rather give, students money to go to mid-year than i would give facebook money yeah no, so, I hear you. it's probably a better investment yeah you know it's it just different stuff you know but we'll be on instagram eventually i'm sure the uh so have you always enjoyed writing i mean that's because for us that's one of the least my least favorite things personally anyway so that's the thing that i always say that i'm going to start doing and then still have not you know, really done much of. Uh, I've done a few blog posts, if you will, that have talked about some clinical things, but most of the time it's video or audio. So have you always liked writing? I don't, if I did, I, I didn't realize it. Um, I, honestly, like, it wasn't like a thing like, oh, I want to be a writer. Like I never <laughs> ever felt that way. Um, I never liked writing in school. Um, I don't like writing like that. You know, I don't like writing. Here's my you know manuscript for the end of residency or end, like that that stuff is terrible to me and i i hate writing like that um i hate reading stuff like that for that matter right um i think it just i don't know as i started writing i i enjoy writing like i write on tldr i guess you could say yeah no yeah. for sure um, i enjoy that's conversational definitely. i was gonna say yeah much yeah. more conversational when you're reading you feel like you're talking yeah and honestly like that's it, it feels like I would be emailing my friend, right? If I was truly emailing, like when we have things, I mean, that's all we're doing is posting memes or insulting each other, whatever it is, you know, and it's a very casual laid back thing. Yeah. And that's, that, I mean, we're, we kind of take the same approach to the podcast, obviously. We, um, I think a lot of podcasts that we listen, if we listen to in the past, it's been this, like, you have to, it's medical, so you have to be professional and talk a certain way. And I'm like, man, we don't talk like that in real life. Why would we do it on a podcast? So we just, when we sat down to actually do this thing, we were like, let's just talk. We're not going to edit anything. We're just going to have a conversation like we would at a coffee shop or something and post it up. And if people hate it, then, you know, it is what it is. And that's what we do. So well, seems to no, be working I'm, out okay. No, that's awesome. I think it's great. And 
I think like you, you nailed it. That's how we talk. You know, that's how everyone talks. That's how the doctors talk. And right. more importantly, that's how your patients talk. And ultimately, like that's your job is to translate all of this to them. Yeah, that being said, so, I guess I, I have run into some healthcare professionals who probably yeah. do talk a little uppity like that in real life as well. So I guess if they start if they start a podcast, that just might be yeah. them, you know? Yeah. So critical care attending wasn't no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> started dropping names. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I definitely think that uh you gotta kinda be self aware and know what you're <laughs> what you're gonna do. Because if we tried to yeah. tried to sound like that, I feel like it'd be the most fake podcast of all time. People that know no. us would be like, You don't talk like that at all. So No, I I agree. It's you know, I I'd like I said, I love your podcast. I've you know, I, I'm catching up, basically. I've listened to a few right now, but I, I love that vibe. I love that kind of casual, you know, sounds like it sounds exactly like a conversation that you guys are nailing it. So I think our good. style also helps us feign intelligence, which is good. If we if we were very formal, then it was like every word would have to be, you know, gospel. Yeah. But now we can just talk around things that we don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Works like a I, champ. That's perfect. I've already forgotten what we were talking exactly. about. Exactly. Right. No, I, I, my thing too is, you know, I'm a huge fan of just evidence-based medicine in general, that term, you know, whatever you want to call that term, but, you know, keeping up with medication, therapy management, and, and keeping up with new literature, new data that comes out, keeping up with the science. But I felt like there was such like a, just that nerdy aspect of that that turned a lot of people off that, and I, I, because I like that, but I didn't necessarily fit some of those same molds. I was pretty excited to kind of put my own personal twist on. And then when I met Cole, I was like, perfect, let's do this thing. Oh, nice. Well, when people hear the word trials, I was even talking to a student the other day and it's like, well, you know, I I can learn this pharmacotherapy stuff, but trials, I don't know. I can't do trials. And it's like, it it just has a connotation. It's very scary. Trials are very intimidating, but really not. If you approach them in a casual manner, kind of like we approach things generally, then it's no big deal. It's just part of learning the stuff. I agree. Completely agree. It's, they're, they're not so bad reading and it's kind of fun in some ways. Could just try to personify it to think about what actually happened like it's one of my favorite things in oncology i mean i have a rep come every every week you know to look and look at all this cool stuff mm-hmm. and here's the study and you're like mm-hmm. <laughs> so you compared it to that mm-hmm. even though that's not standard of care anyway you know it's like it's always fun doing stuff like that yeah the best is when you start so. asking them questions about it. like well, what was your thoughts on uh the way they did this they're like, uh, that's not in the pamphlet. <laughs> They've always got I'm an like, answer, though. They've usually got a pretty no. good answer. Then it's like, oh, well, you know, you rehearsed that one. Normally, my answers involve, like, getting getting either the MSL or I had the field medical director I had a phone call with the other day. Like, so normally it goes, you know, yeah, it, it becomes like a rabbit hole because reps can only say but certain things, right. indications, especially in oncology where there's it's still – I mean, I'm sure it's with other stuff too, but they have to be very careful about what what they can actually say, even if there's, you know, behind the scenes studies going on or whatever. Yeah. So even though you're new to this site, is this similar to what you've been doing the last few years? I mean, yeah, yes and no. Where I was, you know, I was, it was an, you know, I worked for a hospital, um, but there are hospitals that had an outpatient infusion center attached, right? So I would be, I'd, 
service the outpatient infusion center, make, you know, which is the same thing that I'm kind of doing now. But we also had inpatients, um, so people that are, you know, that are like really sick with AML or whatever, like you don't really have but so many outpatient treatments you can give for that, or or they're just, you know, sick anyway and they need to come in for emergent chemo or something, then you dealt with the inpatients as well, but very similar. So what's changed since you started in this setting? It seems like oncology meds are coming out every day. Is it kind of more of the same for you, or have you seen a difference in how patients are treated or, or what your day-to-day looks like? Increasingly, you're seeing a shift to, I mean, in terms of IVs, you're seeing immuno-oncology is like the thing now. So this is Opdivo mm-hmm. and Keat. I don't know what your guys' backgrounds are, um, so I don't know like how... Do you, either of you do oncology at all, or am I just going to be like... No, but nah. just use all the big words. That's yeah. totally fine. We're familiar with some, like, Uptivo uh, and all that we, yeah. like, we know about. Oh, yeah, so, like, I mean, it's just... There's a shift to that, right? Like, because we found a couple of drugs, like Keytruda and Optivo that are... They, they ramp up your T-cells as the, the simple way of how they work, and they both got their start in melanoma, and they were only in metastatic melanoma. And all of a sudden, we found out that they work basically everywhere in your body. And like, so now you see them for lung and I mean, like you name it, right? Like for every, even blood cancers, like they're, there's have some non Hodgkin's lymphomas that they're like, it's pretty robust. So you're seeing a lot of that. And then another on, at the same time, you're getting a lot of new, either new oral drugs or oral drugs that previously existed that, and that are in a new, kind of for a new setting, for a new indication now. Um, and so you have certain, the the big shift that you could say has happened in oncology over 10 years, which is longer than I've been a pharmacist, but still like the biggest shift is that it's really becoming an outpatient disease state, unless you're so sick that you can't get it. Or you're getting like a bone marrow transplant where our job, like we're giving you chemo to torture, you know, to make your white blood cell count zero, mm-hmm. right? You have to be inpatient for that. But, I mean, there's even there's even drugs that you can do AML treatments with. That we, I've done two of them at my, uh, at my current outpatient practice, and AML is like the historic king of like this is inpatient. So that's the big shift is it's becoming outpatient. Some, if you have renal cell carcinoma or prostate cancer, you're not getting anything IV until like the latest stages of the disease. Everything's all oral. You don't need an injection, you don't, you know, so... So, um, what are, what kind of cancer, do you treat all cancer types at your facility or is it something specific? No, we treat everything. Um, my specific, I'm, I call it lucky, but my specific facility is a pretty large and busy center. We have research, um, and there's a radiation there's surgery. Like, so we can literally do everything in one building, um, which is really cool and just you get exposed to everything and and you get to see all phases of treatment, right? Like when I was in the hospital, I knew that they would be getting radiation therapy along with this weekly cisplatin that they were getting or whatever, but it's not part of, you know, it's like you're so far removed from it that like it's hard to like learn the, to, to see the entire care of the patient, so to speak. It was all just drug focused. But now coming here, it's, you know, at my current site, you, you see, okay, well, they have surgery scheduled this day, and then they have a radiation at this point. And once they leave radiation, then they're going to come here, and then, mm. you know, and you can kind of see how it all interplays, which 
in terms of learning oncology is amazing. I love, you know, I've, I've learned so much in the was it, eight months or so I've been there. So yeah, that's great. So you get a bigger picture of what's going on with them. Yeah. So what, what kind of methods do you, do you use to kind of keep up to date with, I mean, especially in oncology, this stuff's changing and got to be like every day. So what kind of like tools do you have in place or um, resources do you use to keep up with information or new literature that's coming out? Um, I get, you know, digest emails. I get an ASHP member still. So I like they, they'll, they'll hit up any new trial. I'm also a, a HOPA, which is Hemonc Pharmacist Association. Um, you know, so that they're a phenomenal resource um, that help keep you up to date with emails of hey, this is this trial and this updated and this package insert this week, which is I mean it's great. Um, ASCO, you know, I, I routinely I, I also teach right, like I'm a preceptor, so like that keeps me kind of I kind of have to be somewhat involved through topic discussions and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I found that. Uh, precepting and then and i teach pharmacotherapy now for pa school um that alone was like i mean probably the greatest thing i've ever done for my own learning was being responsible for someone's someone else's education (laughs) so yeah i agree with you uh, on that yeah i've done i've taught nps um for georgetown university which is where i did residency they have a nursing an online nursing program and i've taught for that since I since I left there, and it's I completely agree. It's amazing. That's awesome. Um, what's your what's the dynamic with like the other providers at your site? I mean, the physicians and PAs and MPs and all that. We have again, like I really feel like I'm in like I won't quite call it like a mecca, like Asheville, North Carolina, or something. But like I'm in this like such a great, and it's just this building. But like pharmacy has such a good, such a such an active role. We have our our opinions are taken very you know regarded very highly um by almost all of the by the physicians by the APPs by everybody we basically we don't have an official um like collaborative practice agreement but we prescribe the anti like emetics the anti nausea stuff for all of the providers we tweak it if a patient fails you know and gets breakthrough nausea with what we did we'll we'll go back and fix it. Like we just do it on their behalf, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, that's really great. And we're, we're really asked to do a lot. We'll get these off the wall questions on things and it's, it's a really good relationship. That's great. Yeah. And that's, that's the best one. You actually can practice at the height of your ability, I guess, but it's, it's cool to see that. We had a patient come into the retail pharmacy who had just had chemo. Um, she was just leaving and she was picking up some, you know, meds for her stomach or whatever, bowels, I think. Uh, and she was, she was about to pick them up and she started to kind of fan her face and almost looked like she was having a little bit of a panic attack and she was wheezing. Uh, and then she started saying her throat was closing and she was like having trouble breathing and we're like, Ooh, you know, do we need like an EpiPen or something? Is that unusual to happen when you're leaving chemo or is some type of reaction like that? I don't know if it was her first time or not pretty like standard stuff to watch out for. I don't suppose you have, you would happen to know what she was treated with. Do you? No, she just said yeah. she just came from chemo. Don't know what it was. Do you know what she was picking up? Yeah, it was like, um, it was like, uh, colace and something else, stool softener, laxative type thing. Hmm. 
I mean, so certainly there are plenty of plenty of drugs that you would get, you know, and it might have been chemo, right? It might have been Optiva or Keytruda, right, which yeah. is not key. But anyway, right. like it's it's very possible to have an allergic reaction to lots and lots of different kinds of things. Normally, not two hours after you've received it, right? Um, but. No, I don't know. Was she okay? It, yeah, she ended up being whatever. fine. She just sat down for a while, and she was all right. But um, I was like, you know, what do we do? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Just sat there with a so, EpiPen in case she stopped breathing. I guess you went into a full panic mode. <laughs> yeah. She, no. What do I do? No, she wrote us a thank you note. It was nice. I think so. There's, you know, there there are like, are you're in a community setting? Yeah, community pharmacy. So there's a lot of stuff that you you can do like that that would help for like I, I honestly feel like that's one of the most important places to be for you know a uh, oncology or a non-oncology pharmacist because of especially with the push to oral chemos but the side effects that they have from there you can you have a huge role in counseling there yeah um you know like you can help uh, directly explain to patients what hand foot syndrome is which is very you know, pretty common with both IV and some oral chemos. Right. You can do the mucositis prevention and, you know, oral hygiene care there. You can talk about, I mean, nausea and vomiting is huge, right, with a lot of our chemo stuff. Like, that's that's legit, man. There's a lot of a lot of good interventions you can make there. Yeah, absolutely. And you all have a specialty pharmacy, so I guess you all dispense a lot of that kind of stuff in a similar fashion. Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, but you, it's it's none of that specialty. I mean, like, what I for mucositis, I will tell ninety nine out of a hundred patients to just do baking soda, salt, and water, like in a you know. I mean, it's cheap, it's effective, and rinse with that four times a day. It won't dry you out like magic mouthwash will. Hmm. It's not horrendously expensive like Mugard is. And if something someone's got esophageal cancer, one the chemo they're getting can cause mucositis which is like ulcerations and sores on the mouth and the esophagus and two they're getting radiation treatment almost always to their esophagus so swallowing becomes a huge deal um, and mouth care is a really huge deal because if you get painful ulcers on your mouth now you stop eating which is already a big deal and then you just kind of waste away yeah so if i can be like here here's salt baking soda and water you know i mean that's not specialty pharmacy you know yeah. that's so dude so you that and that's a great example but um are there any like i guess clinical pearls that you would kind of that jump to your mind um that we could share with the people who listen that are community pharmacists something that they should watch out for interactions or over-the-counter stuff that they should be aware of yeah i mean in general so I guess keep this in mind with chemo. If you don't see chemo drugs routinely, um, the the okay. So, all right, I'm just going to rapid fire a few of them. Do it um, that I that that I think are are pretty important and probably commonplace enough. Um, cyclophosphamide. You learned about this in the three or four week module you had in oncology. So it's available in IV. It's also available PO and it's very commonly used PO for in a regimen for multiple myeloma, which a lot of people have. Um, so it's an oral pill there. Do you probably remember cyclophosphamide and ifosfamide from your, your oncology four week training in mm -hmm. pharmacy school, um, about hemorrhagic cystitis, Right, mm -hmm. everyone remember yep. that yep. Yep. from the toxic metabolite acrylian. Yep. Excuse me. Anyway, 
right? So ifosfamide is IV only, but cyclophosphamide, you see this PO, really important to tell patients to pick up their cyclophosphamide to take their cytoxin in the morning so that they're drinking as much water as possible to flush out the bladder to prevent hemorrhagic cystitis. You take it at nighttime, you're not drinking water, and it just sits in your bladder, and then you're bleeding. So that, that's a big one. Um, Cape Cytobine is an oral version of 5-FU used for every kind of GI cancer that you can imagine. Um, when you're taking it as Cape Cytobine, you get less of like the neutropenia and stuff like that that you might get with IV, but you get more of the hand-foot syndrome. Hand-foot syndrome is blistering rashes and things like that on the hands and the feet, right? It's literally what's happening is some of the drug is escaping out of the tiny capillaries in your hand and causing like local tissue necrosis, basically. Um, it doesn't happen to every patient, but it can happen. And it can also cause mucositis. So we're going back to the mucositis thing with your saltwater rinse. Um, so you can actually do a great job of preventing hand foot syndrome just by not like don't runners get it more frequently than non-runners, for example, because their feet are kind of pounding the pavement, right? So as long as you're on Cape Cytobine, you don't want to be doing, you want to avoid extra pressure to the hands, right? You don't want to like squeeze them really hard or anything like that, like try to twist a jar or something like that, because that's going to cause that local, it's going to cause chemo to leak out. You also don't want to be in extreme temperatures like with you know, washing dishes in really hot water or whatever and stuff like that and that can make it worse, make it more likely. And that's a really debilitating thing. There's also hand creams and the such you can use. Um, <clears throat> all right, those are the two big oral, like straight chemo drugs that you'll probably still see in a non-specialty pharmacy. In terms of other drugs, keep in mind storage requirements. Um, there's a somewhat common for melanoma combination called dabrafenib and trametinib, two separate drugs. Trametinib stored in the refrigerator only. Dabrafenib is stored room temperature, um, but they are only ever dispensed together. So if you ever get asked about it, whether in you know retail or even if you're an inpatient pharmacist and patients come in to get their home meds, you know, because I promise you, your pharmacy, <laughs> your inpatient pharmacy, isn't going to dispense that on formulary. But you can um, keep the storage requirements like that in mind. Um, there are a few drugs that have kind of like you have with the HIV drugs, but they're um, pH sensitive absorption. So they're contraindicated with PPIs and need to be separated by like 10 or 12 hours with H2 antagonists. Um, so look for stuff like that. Almost every oral oncolytic, you want to avoid grapefruit juice, the 3A4. It's like, it's, it's, it's real here too, you know? Yeah. So minor counseling there. I mean, those are kind of off the cuff big points, but you see those a lot. I mean, I, I don't think I have to tell a group of astute pharmacists like yourselves and everyone listening, like to check for renal function and drug interactions, always do a drug interaction report. But yeah, yeah that's quality stuff though. It, it, heart, it reminds me of school because I'm, I'm seeing this image of this stick figure with all of these drugs chemo pointed man. to... Right, chemo man, chemo yeah. Man. And the main one I remember is Ironitikin was like, I run to the can because it causes diarrhea or something like that. Uh, but yeah, there's a whole whole little uh, whole little um, mnemonic to remember all that kind of stuff. Reminds me of that. Yeah. And that diarrhea is treated with over-the-counter remodium. There you, you go. Know, at least the delayed kind. We give them atropine in the infusion center. At least most places do. So... <laughs> 
So, um, you know, I saw the article that you had written. I'm assuming you you wrote it or at least contributed, but um, it was oncology for the non-oncologist. You know, that uh, I started to go through that um, today, actually, after when, you know, when when we decided on this topic. But um, can you share, you know, I don't know, is is what we just talked about, is that a part of that article or is there something specific that that article kind of um, walks pharmacists through? That, what I consider that article, I wrote it, and it's probably more than anything, more than everything you would need to know for the NAPLEX, but it's kind of that. It's, I, I, I never intended to, I never set out to be an oncology pharmacist. It kind of happened accidentally, if you remember like what you were saying. So I, I kind of always felt like I'm working in oncology, but I'm not an oncology pharmacist. And so I was kind of like, here's the here's the stuff that I needed to know like yesterday when I started. Here's like the base minimum that I needed to know that would let me practice without killing somebody. And it's also a lot of, you know, the stuff for, again, for NAPLEX and things like that. So that article breaks down the basics of chemotherapy, like legit cytotoxic chemotherapy um, and the main things to look out for. Then it talks about targeted therapy. So this is all the monoclonal antibodies and how you can tell which one is which. Um, and the, in the oral world, the tyrosine kinase inhibitors, the TKIs, which is all targeted therapy. And then it mostly gets into where I think the NAPLEX especially um, really, really focuses is on supportive care. So this is when you can use erythropoietin stimulating agents because there's kind of strict criteria for when and when not to use those in oncology. This talks about granulocyte colony stimulating factors um, because lots of our chemo torture white blood cells, so we're going to give you support for that. It talks about platelet stimulating factors. Um, It talks about hypercalcemia. It talks about anticoagulation. It talks about tumor lysis syndrome. So it's like literally... You know, in fact, and I'm also like I'm BCPS certified in addition to BCOP, and and that's pretty much what you need to know for the BCPS. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get asked like, what is the appropriate relapse refractory ALL? Like, you're not coming up with anything like that on BCPS exams, right? You're gonna get the supportive care. You're gonna get nausea and vomiting. You're gonna get all of these other things and what's appropriate. And so that that article is a pretty, I think, decent overview for. It's probably overkill for the NAPLEX, but I'd like to think it probably gets you most of the way there for BCPS. Yeah, they, uh, that was definitely the section of, besides some of the stat stuff, um, the section of BCPS, like when I sat down to take it, I was like, huh, really should have focused on some of this. <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate or not. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and see. I just see. Yeah. But uh, no, that's good. So we're definitely going to link that article because I got to I got to read it myself, and then um, you know we'll we'll link it in the show notes and and make sure that people have access to it. Put it on Instagram and all that, but make sure that uh, and and people can just have like can just read it, right? You don't do you have to just follow yeah. your website or no? And all hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Excellent, good idea. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. TLDR is no longer yeah. free. No. Yeah, monetizing. No. Website is free. If you want to support us, we sell cheat sheets. We sell guides to residency. We're always making more. We've got an antiviral one coming out in the next couple of weeks. So if you join our email list, you'll get it for a discount because we pre-release our cheat sheets for discounts to subscribers. That's awesome. Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) There you go. But but otherwise, all the articles are free. What is uh, James' specialty? 
What is sorry? J- the other guy is his name James? No, Sam. Uh, pff, yeah. Okay. Wow, cool. Yeah. What is uh? What is Sam? <laughs> he like who? So, <laughs> James, you know James. He's actually he's like an informatics guy. I, I still don't fully understand what he's currently doing. <laughs> um, he's he's not even practicing anymore. Um, full. Actually, no, he's not at all. Anyway, he's BCPS. He did a residency um, at a at a VA, um, and then kind of became their informatics pharmacist. Um, and now he's doing like, he's a global catalog manager. He basically, he still uses his pharmacy degree quite a bit, but he lives his life in Excel spreadsheets and all sorts of other crazy stuff. I don't understand. And he gets drugs to like the neediest parts of the world for cheap and stuff like, like it, he's doing really cool stuff. I just, he talks to me about it, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Similarly, Mike has so many jobs. I'm not quite sure what he does on a daily basis either. Yeah. Uh, but I was gonna, I was gonna say, I like that y'all don't stick to your specialties within your articles. I mean, there's stuff on diabetes and um, student loans and a wide variety of things that are extremely helpful. Residency, Naplex, all sorts of stuff. We both uh, we went to school in in DC, so we both got a really solid background in HIV. We had a phenomenal professor and same with infectious disease i think we both just kind of liked it but then we've had a lot of guest posts too i can't you know like the, i haven't written on diabetes but i've had some really awesome people write on diabetes you know as the site's grown we've had more and more people actually want to write and that's great because it just makes the quality you know like just makes the quality of everything like you can write much better on diabetes than i ever could you know because i don't deal with it enough so man that's awesome yeah i didn't realize all the guest writers that's really cool how, how do you guys go about vetting, like, you know, because I'm sure, I'm sure you've gotten the person that's like, oh, I want to write, and then either they don't send you anything or you're like, oh, geez. Yeah, that's probably 80%. <laughs> like, I get, I get <laughs> pitched. I, <laughs> I get pitched so frequently, and it's, I mean, it's, I'm willing, I'm willing to give almost anything a chance as long as it's something the website will need, and, you know, it's not just you trying to I'm I'm happy to promote whatever thing you're doing wherever you are in the medical world, right? I'm I'm all about that, especially if you write a post, but at the same time, like write a post, right? <laughs> use, like our our thing is number one is first be useful, right? Like it's gotta be a useful post that I can go take action on it right now. And then we worry about the humor and stuff like that. Um I, I don't know. It's just we I will make sure that something posts between, and we have Steph, um, Steph Kioski is, she's kind of joined the team now. She's excellent. And between me and Steph, we will get something on that website, even if we write it ourselves every two weeks. So we don't rely, if that makes sense, on on guest posts to keep content flowing. But then when they come, you know, we we'd focus on editing. I mean, it's as as we've grown, it hasn't been a problem. We We have enough people. We have enough things that we probably have two three dozen things in queue right now of people oh, that wow. are like so either have submitted or are actively trying to submit um and then steph has really done awesome and taken care of like she's taken over basically as a lot of the editing and stuff like that so she goes back and forth with the guest authors until it's until it's tldr worthy so to speak <laughs> and then it that's awesome. Goes, do, so. do you, uh, I mean, have you had any that you've have written and you're just like, yeah, I, I can't post this. This is terrible. You mean like from, from guest people? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've, it's been like a, 
I mean, it's, it's not about mean. It's like, you know, it's not a mean thing at all. It's just, yeah, it's, it, it needs to be more like this. And maybe it's gone through one or two rounds of iterations and then they kind of stopped writing back and that's okay. You know, yeah. it's not for most of them. Someone, you know, will say, okay, I'm going to write this. I say, awesome. And then I never hear from them again. <laughs> yeah. That's a buddy of mine, Adam. He, he does the, the fit pharmacist stuff on Instagram. He's got, you know, 25,000 people just on Instagram. And he, so he's got people writing to him all the time for his like fitness type blogs. And he said the same thing, like 20, like 80% yeah. actually that say they're going to do something like one time, never hears from him again. That's gotta be frustrating. I don't, it, to me, it's you're if you're, you're doing me a favor, like, I, I don't mean that in like the, like, I, I really am not, I, I'm not angry or bitter or anything about it. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, no, I, I, I want, the stuff on TLDR, like to me, it's the quality and the tone that sets it apart. It's absolutely, you know, and if, if it's not going to meet that, like it's a waste of my time to keep trying to chase you back and forth or have you go through 20 rounds of edits. It takes a long time. There's articles that I'm like, man, I could have written this faster myself versus <laughs> edited your post. And, and that's okay. You know, but, yeah. well still, it's pretty cool to have, you know, people being able to do that because I, I feel like it would take a lot of pressure off you guys to try to come up with all the topic i mean just coming up with a topic for us it's like hey what are we going to talk about and we're like i don't know what, what do you want to talk about well we'll figure it out later and you know i bet even though there's endless topics sometimes it just doesn't always pop into your brain yeah well, it's hard or we don't know anything about them that's also <laughs> the case no. it's we we get email like i'm very like i said i'm very responsive on email and it's i want you know, people email all the time and they ask questions, which might cause us to write an article or they'll suggest a topic or, or whatever. And that's kind of how it grows. So do, um, you know, as far as the cheat sheets and things like that, that you guys will, will produce is, um, do you guys have like visions of this taking off to be in kind of eventually um like a you know a, a very big entity where you could potentially do this full time or is this something that you just want to keep as a fun side project i would like it i i have a hard time envisioning myself full ever fully leaving practice mm -hmm. um i i really enjoy the patient interaction the position the nurse and like i really enjoy this, you know where i work and my coworkers are amazing you know so it's but you know, I also am at my most passionate when I'm doing TLDR stuff. I mean, there's a reason I do stuff like this at nine at night, you know, and like I write into the <laughs> wee hours of the morning, I wake up or, I mean, it's, I, I really, really enjoy TLDR. So I would love for it to be a, like, I would love a scenario where I'm full-time TLDR and I kind of PRN or part-time practice or, but I'm not in a rush to get there either long. I've still got loans. I've still got, you know, got bills. Yeah. So it's, but it, you know, it's TLDR didn't really start. Like I, I always, I'm not going to, you know, sit here in front. I always wanted it to at least make some money. Right. But it was never like, Oh, we're going to just take, you know, like make hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars. You know, it was never anything like that <laughs> every yeah, month per week. <laughs> no. Now, um, 
but that's cool. And right. I, I like the, you know, even you said like if it takes off to where you could do it full time, you're still going to do part time or, or PRN work because I feel like that gives you even more validity if you're currently practicing because it's very easy to like kind of get into the academia mm-hmm. world where a lot of what you're saying is, is you know, correct on paper and theory or, you know, according to the textbook, but without actually doing it in practice makes it a little bit, I guess, um, uh, you, you know, less impressive, if you will, in some cases. So the fact that you do this stuff all the time and then write about it and talk about your personal experiences, things like that, that's, that feel like that adds a lot of validity. That's just my opinion on it. No, I agree. I mean, and it, it adds life if nothing else, right? Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to be like, this drug causes mucositis, but to like, to sit there and be like, I've seen patients have to go to the hospital, you know, and end up on TPN because of the most severe cases or I've seen like to, until you like see like, oh, this is what this really bad reaction looks like. And it's like 80% of their body. And now they're on, you know, or whatever, like now I, it's like one thing to read acneiform rash may cause that it's quite another to see it, you right. know, and, and then, and have the practice experience to know how it was managed. And, and then to be able to look up and see, well, is that what the guidelines say to do? And, you know, like it, yeah, I agree. Long story. I'm, I'm better at TLDR because I practice than I would be if I didn't. Yeah, and y'all's mindset initially was definitely the right way to go because if if you're all about monetizing, if you're all about the money, then your I mean your quality is going to take a hit because you're that's that's what you're pursuing. Um, that you know that's why all our stuff we put out for free because you know if that's the focus, then I think that when things start to dwindle, you pursue it a little too hard, and um, ultimately you kind of you may end up selling out where you may never have meant to. I think you do you do yourself a favor even in the business sense by establishing trust and establishing a relationship with your audience. And right. You can't you can't do that if you jump straight to the sorry you got to pay me thirty dollars a month or whatever yes. fee. Which, it I me mean, crazy. Whatever. Lots of people. I mean, you know, I'm not hating. It's just not not the route that I want to go. We don't yeah. have ads on the site. I get asked, like I've actually had people from Google or whatever, like try to pitch me, oh, but they'll just be seamlessly put in and not obtrusive to the user experience. And I'm like, no. No. (laughs) Please, next thing you know, you're promoting some nonsense that doesn't work. And you're like, ah, shoot. It's not even that. I just, I don't want them. I don't need them. Like, you know, the site is, the site's paying its bills without the need for however, whatever you're offering me for these ads. I, I don't care. I'd rather... I'd rather make a cheat sheet and have you support that or tell you about something else that someone else may, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you have your, your base content and then if you want some extra stuff, then, you know, just support a little bit and you get some cheat sheets that are extremely helpful. Help us do what we do. And and I like that you put out all your content, you know, what I would say is probably some of your best content for free. Um, I guarantee that alone generates a lot of activity towards your actual paid content just because people, you know, or appreciate the quality stuff you guys put out. I, I see so many people put out there, you know, they'll put out one thing or two pieces of content that are okay, but then it's like, you want to see the good stuff or the thing that really gets you ready to take boards or whatever. Um, well, that's going to cost you. <laughs> so right. I like that you guys put out so much. It's, it's cool. One million dollars. Yeah. A hundred billion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, no. do you guys, uh, do much work with other, 
you know, platforms. I, I know obviously working with us on the podcast and stuff. And, um, I, I, I definitely always appreciated, like I'll post something and I'll see, uh, you know, I've you shared several of my things and I thought that was awesome. I was very flattered that you would do that on Facebook. Um, do you, do you try to collaborate with other people that are kind of doing similar things or do you guys kind of just do your own thing for the most part? No, man. I, like I'm, I, I'm a big supporter of any, anyone trying to, trying to do stuff like, and if, I love working together with people long. I've worked with, you know, we, I, I wrote, uh, an E an audio book with, with Tony Guerra, um, on, you know, helping you get ready for residency interviews. So I've collaborated with him. I collaborate with your financial pharmacist, like at least on, you know, certain stuff. Like we, we help each other out. Um, I mean, we're all just trying to find our place in our, in the world right here on the internet world. Yeah. Um, I feel like if it makes sense, right? Like for me, like I, as long as I'm not getting to the point where I feel like I'm like spamming or just plugging some stuff just to plug it because this guy's my friend, like that's not what I ever want to do because I, I don't want to validate my audience's trust. I'd, but if it makes sense or, you know, like I've collaborated with High Yield Med Reviews, they're amazing. They've given. Man, I'll tell you what, I love that program. Yeah. Um, I don't know him personally at all, but my wife actually just um, bought his BCPS study guide, mm. and he puts out some good stuff. I was super impressed. Yeah. Like, no, he's he's a, and he's a great dude. Is he's, he? He's yeah. He but anyway, they yeah, it's a great program, and they they did a contest last month where they gave away two free. They, they have a stats program. Their stats program is the reason I you know, past the BCOF, you know, because of the amount of stats I learned from that. And it like, they're like, yeah, we're just going to give two of these away to your readers just because like, you know, it's, it helps them. It helps me. Like we get to yeah. promote it. Like, and it's like, so that's awesome value. And I get to provide that value to, to our people, you know? And so as long as I'm doing that, I love collaborating with people. I just don't want to be like, Hey, check out this thing that this, you know, like, yeah, yeah. that's all you make good stuff, I'll promote it. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I like it. No, that's awesome. Very, very cool. So what's, uh, what's the next step for you guys? What's kind of like in the near future? Do you have any goals or aspirations? You just kind of just winging it. <laughs> A little of both. Yeah. Um, no, we, I mean, we're, we're kind of neither one of us. It's not like we went to school for this, right? Like we just are building the thing and coming up with stuff. We're learning a lot. You know, we, I, I, I've worked, I've taken courses on writing. I've taken, you know, I've, gotten i've invested heavily in learning how to do some of this stuff better um we're working on you know we're got a couple of cheat sheets coming up in the works this year more articles um and we're potentially we are we're going to move into video courses or at least one or two of them this year um so kind of see how that works that's going to be a whole new platform for us so see if uh we can do the TLDR spin on that, but nice, that's awesome, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. When, so. when when does uh, the TLDR uh, podcast <laughs> drop? <laughs> Again, man, it's like you know, the problem. Is it's like it's me and Sam, and we have Steph now too, which is awesome. But we both like I have I got a four month old and a and a three year old, and Sam's got a got a one year old. You know, so it's, yeah, we're priorities we're living that married with kid life, man. We both work <laughs> full time, so it uh it's all of this is stuff we've talked about doing. It's just, I don't want to make a, a podcast or, or whatever just to have one and then not be, you know, it's not be able to 
give nurture it that you know in the way that it needs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That makes sense. Well, yeah, at least podcasts need nurturing. Well, for sure. At yeah. least uh, maybe that's what we're missing. <laughs> it's nature versus nurture. <laughs> the uh, at least I don't think we have either. Always wins. <laughs> right. Exactly. And the good thing about you guys, if you ever do decide to uh, do something like that, you have such good articles written. You could literally just like in a conversation style read your articles yeah. and boom, podcast <laughs> episode. Well, it also helps. Like I, you know, we we've got an established audience, and and we're still we we haven't fully tapped that potential yet. You know, the audience is still growing every day now. And so that's awesome. We're very fortunate for that. But when, if, and when we do jump to podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever we decide to do, like it, you know, we've, we've got kind of an existing base to give us a head start there, which is good. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, if you guys do ever decide to do the podcast thing or like a, an Alexa flash briefing or any of those type of things, let us know. We can, um, we'll be happy to help any way we can. We'll show you some of the uh, pitfalls that <laughs> we we went through to get all that stuff accomplished. So hopefully uh, see if we can help you guys out a little bit because that'd be really cool. I'll be a first one to subscribe. Nice. Yeah, likewise. Anything I can ever help with, let me know, man. Just got to learn how to write, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast. I mean, most people don't want to read nowadays, man. So I don't know. I keep getting told that it's a dead medium. Nah, I don't, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, well, I'm sure your your base disagrees. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. you guys have quite a following, so I'm sure uh, they disagree. I, I don't even like reading, but I'm like, oh god, these are so good. <laughs> Keeps me from having to read a textbook. And now you can like force Siri to read it to you anyway. You know, if, if you don't feel like actually it's staring good, at the page, point. you just highlight it all and tell Siri to read it for you. That's a good point. She doesn't really pronounce the drug names very well, but neither do I. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that math is out right. Now. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. All, right. All right, man. Well, um, what? Uh, where can people reach you at? You can uh, just email me. I guess a very responsible email, Brandon at tldrpharmacy.com. Um, drop me a line. Say hey. Um, check out, obviously we've plugged it a hundred times, but why not? Let's beat this horse, you know, dead horse, tldrpharmacy.com. Um, subscribe to our email list, please. Or I don't know, nothing will happen. Or Brandon will find you yeah. and that'll be it. Both, yeah. Both of my children will cry. Yeah. Um, you don't want to do that. Extensively. Really like four month yeah. old cry. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, Evil human being. Put your email in there. You. Hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> Go do it, man. Yeah, that's for. So, we'll, we'll definitely uh, post the links and stuff like that as well on on our platforms cool. and get drives. Hopefully, bring some of our our peeps over to you too, so they can get some some solid value. Take a break from yeah. us for sure. <laughs> no, I'll uh, let me know when this goes live. I'll I'll let my let my peeps know about it. So I hope awesome. they drive some people to you. No, so. thanks, man. I greatly appreciate. It. Like I said, I'm just very. Uh, we're very thankful and flattered that you would, you know, just share just a, even a simple post on Facebook. So that means, that means a lot. Yeah. I feel like I'm meeting oh. celebrities cause I, I listen to, um, financial pharmacist podcast or retail DR and boom, here they are, you know, Skyping yeah, with talking us. Talking so to us. Awesome. Yeah. So. We're no celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like just total, like, I don't. I'm like I'm like starstruck right yeah. now. Yeah. We're basically I mean, we're basically so, superstars. Oh it's man, yeah, hard to argue with that. So close. <laughs> I had to just do like four shots before we could just to yeah. calm my nerves before. So, no, like, took a propranolol, got ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I am loaded on Valium right now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Literally five minutes in, they're like, "Well, I cannot believe I'm wasting my time doing this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. wasted awesome. all my good Valium. 
Uh, I made a huge mistake. No, this is awesome. <laughs> oh man, that's great, man. Brandon, thank yeah. you so much for your time, man. Um, we will definitely post the links and, uh, um, you know, for all of you listening, go check out the website, go subscribe to the email list. Um, if you have any questions for him, he listed the email. We'll put it in the show notes as well. If you have any questions for us, our emails are in the show notes as well. Uh, please, we welcome any feedback, um, any um, ideas you have for the podcast. We want to make it better, and we want to bring you as much value as possible and you know, make it worth your while to listen. So thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. See ya.